Anchor FM is one of the best ways to make and distribute your podcasts. Their online creative tools can allow you to make your podcasts from home and on the go. Anchor will also help you get your podcast sponsored with no minimum listenership and help you make money while doing your podcast. And distribution is the easiest thing ever. I've used many different distribution sites. Anchor so far has been the best. And they can get you on every major distribution site out there. They can take your RSS feed, whether you're creating a new one or if you're just moving a show from another platform, sign up for Anchor at anchor.fm now. And when you get there, Make sure you pay attention to everything they tell you to do, and they'll help make your podcast great and help make you some money. Again, head on over to Anchor.fm now. Blog Talk Radio. What's up? What's up out there, everybody? It is Nate. It is late, and it is Wide Men Can't Jump. Coming at you a little later than usual tonight, if you're listening live. We wanted to make sure we got the 76ers-Celtics game in to talk about tonight on the show, Fresh. And we hope you guys are joining us here. Um, Joining me, as always, my partner in crime in this endeavor, the man, the myth, the Philadelphia worldwide legend, Mr. Tom Robinson. TR, buddy, I know it's a, not, the, not the occasion we hoped it would be, but it's good to talk to you tonight, my friend. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, dangerously close to the show st- uh, start was the end of the Sixers season, which is disappointing. We had the refs on our side tonight. The calls were completely favoring the Sixers. Jason Tatum is an absolute fucking stud. Um, not to be far behind by uh, the kid from Cal, second year, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. But, but he can't. He he can't hit the free throws like Tatum. You know, and and one Tatum's getting most of the free throws at least in this game. Um, Brown, you got a shot of missing. The refs, like I said, were on our side. They called Simmons for one walk. He walked about seven times in the game. Um, yeah, I'm down. I'll, Missed I'll, a few I'll walks up. tonight. Missed a few walks uh, tonight on six. Uh, Dario had one. Um, definitely can't blame the, the refs on the, on this loss, unfortunately. No, the refs were, uh, the refs were pro-Philly. So we just got beat, and, uh, you know, we could have – Dario has the ball, and good old Marcus Smart, guy, another guy we've been talking about since the beginning. I I named him my favorite non-Philadelphia player, and uh, he's the one who killed us. So he's Better special, team man. One. He's he's a special player, Marcus Smart, and the little things that he does that don't show up in the box score are just unreal. Like he knew the perfect time when to fall whenever Sarich went in for the 
the hard uh, the layup there. When he was posting him up, he knew exactly when to take the brunt of the force, and he took it enough to where he was either a gonna it was either a gonna be an offensive foul or be a no call, but it was just enough to throw Dar- Dario off what he was doing, and it caused the turnover. So big ups there for Marcus Smart, who we've talked about, and we're going to dive into this series in serious detail tonight here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Uh, it's been it's been a wild season, TR. We've been there since the day before tip-off. We had our very first show, and here we are. The East and West, uh, we're down to the last four teams, and it has been a are. wild road getting there. Yeah, it's going to be hard for me to process an Eastern Conference final. I might, might lean on you for that just because it's uh, an emotional tie right now, but uh, hot Absolutely. off the presses, if you will. Um, I really thought we were going to win most of that game uh, until – the waning moments. And then I just, you know, I, when it was that close, it was basically coach versus coach, bright lights versus bright lights. And, you know, uh, these, these Celtics, I can't, I can't really diss the Sixers as much as I'd like to out of being just a Philly fan besides a, a objective analyst or whatever, but without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, could you imagine if they had those two with these fucking maniacs that they got? These guys are good, man. Well, this this was the reason why we had them in the finals at the beginning of the year, before the, the season started. With with Kyrie healthy, with Hayward healthy, I think the East is chasing them, and it's not even close. Because they've got guys – I mean, look look at this. They didn't have Shane Larkin tonight. They didn't have him. They they don't have – Yeah, yeah oh, they're, he's, they're, he's another casual. They're – they're a seven-man rotation right now, and they're playing good basketball. It's just hard to stop yeah. a team that's that good. I mean, they're, they're, Al Horford is an unsung hero as well. That guy. Definitely. And it, if he only scores 10, it's 10 when you need them. Like, you know, he'll post up, and, and he'll be there for the tip in, and, you know, he's just a, a rock. I underrated him a lot. You know, I was a little upset that he was an all-star and this, that, and the other. But, you know, that's what you get when you focus on one market and don't really look closely at every every team. And uh, I learned a lot this season, even though it's not over. We're at the Final Four. But, uh, you know, I'm by no means a player or a coach or anything like that, but I'm a diehard Sixers fan, and it's it's hard to swallow because I think we had – as much talent, but they're fucking good, man, and they beat us. They deserve kudos to the Celtics. Well, one thing I want to say before we continue is I really, yeah, at least not tonight, I'll be really fucked up. I mean, even if the experts say, well, you know, you didn't expect them to be there, and then you didn't expect them to win 50 games. Well, we did win 50 fucking games, and everybody else was hurt, so we're dealing with reality not what we expected the fucking team has these two quote-unquote generational players you want to look at two generational players look at kevin durant shooting over anthony davis last night two seven footers yeah, that can do for anything. Real. and and you can go uh, and you can go to with a minute left and not fucking sit here with an anxiety attack that's generational fucking players uh all right i got out the negative let's just be journalists sorry <laughs> 
No, I mean, listen, you, you're upset. You, you're letting it be known because, truth be told, your team was the favorite going into this series, and I think they should have been. Um, yeah. If this series started over, would I still take the Sixers? Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, they had more talent, so we thought, on the floor. But it's just it came down to a a Boston team who had guys who had been there before, been there, done that. Like you know Terry Rozier, who everybody's like, oh my God, this guy, you know, where did he come from? He's been there. He's been with Boston. He's been to the big dance. Al Horford's yeah. been there. He's been there, done that. A lot of these guys have they've seen it. They've been in there with the bright lights. Look at it like this: Joel Embiid in college. His team made it to the NCAA tournament, but he didn't ever play. He'd never been on nope. a big dance. Ben Simmons, his team never made it to the big dance either. He never even got a first-round game out of his college career. They didn't even go to the NIT. No. I mean, that, that's the thing. None of these teams, none of these guys have experienced high-anxiety-level playing in their collegiate career, and then they come to the NBA and they're thrust into the biggest stage of pro basketball, which is the NBA playoffs, and they weren't ready. I mean, Ersan Ilyasova had never won a series before. This was his first second-round series. J.J. Redick, um, he can only take you so far on his knees. Um, there's only so much these guys can do. So, again, I'm not, I'm not saying they needed to lose because they were the team, to me, that should have won, and they should be going to play the Cavs, but at the end of the day – Experience counts for more than what people are going to give it credit for. Uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, both guys, they, they've been in the playoffs. Now, well, Jason Tatum went to the NCAA tournament, but he is a mature player. He's had to step up. His role has been different. He hasn't been asked to lead the team this year, so he's able to step forward and step even further forward and embrace a position that, he, that we didn't think he was ready for yet. It turns out he is, and we said it at the beginning of the year. He's not going to win Rookie of the Year, but he's going to be the most talented player to come out of this draft, and he may be proving us right. It seems like everything we say, people doubt us. We say T.J. McConnell needs to play more minutes. He comes in and plays more minutes. He just play better. We said Marcus Smart's a difference maker on the Celtics. Marcus Smart has been a difference maker for the Celtics. We say Jason Tatum's going to be the best player in the draft. He's prove that he'll probably be the most impactful player for his team in the draft. I mean, what else? What else, I hate to I hate to toot our own horn here, Tr, but toot toot because I think we're nailing it. If people aren't listening, that's their fault. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've had a pretty accurate year for the most part. Um, I think it was you that said Zach Collins was going to be really good in his rookie season. I can't remember, but that's about the only thing Don't I can get, remember declaring. Do not. Do not get me started. <laughs> that's later. That's later in the show. That's, that's like, about the only. Him. That's the only. That's about the only mistake that uh, glares that I can remember. That uh, and I'll well, take. I I'll did take, take Josh, accountability on that one. I'll take accountability. I called Josh Jackson the rookie of the year this year, so it shows what I know. But uh, um, looking at the plus minus on Philly, I'd read it. Eleven. Um, you had. Embiid at plus three and McConnell at plus three is the only guys in positive numbers. Ben Simmons, minus 13. Villanelli, Ilyasova, both minus one. Covington, minus seven. Anderson, minus three. Sarge, minus two. 
So while Sarge Sarge put up good numbers tonight, but his plus minus was just awful. And he played almost forty minutes. He had twenty seven and ten. Embiid had twenty seven and twelve. And I know we're going to dive more into this uh, with our guest who should be joining us uh, within the next few minutes. But with this being fresh, this is uh, this is going to be a hot topic tonight. But we're going to look at some of the other games that happened this past week, and plus some. Um, some coaching moves that have happened. But before we go there, we do want to thank our sponsors over at wowfreecam.com. They are our sponsor that has been with us from the top. From the beginning, Wow Free Cam has supported Wide Men Can Jump through the good, the bad, the up, the down. And as we grow, they grow, and they want to help you grow. So visit wowfreecam.com. And check them out. They've got a little bit of everything for everybody. Must be 18 or older to check them out. But we recommend giving them a shot. It's free. Can't go wrong. TR show. He's checked it out. It's free. Is it not, TR? Yeah, it's free. And uh, it's quite an experience. Uh, I I recommend it to everybody 18 plus in our listening audience. Yes, so definitely check that out. That's wowfreecam.com. Again, must be 18 or older. But, man, we've got we've got a lot of show tonight, TR, and we really thought we were going to be talking about a game six between the Celtics and 76ers. That is not the case. And, buddy, I've been there this season when my Wolves went down, and I was pulling for them tonight as I watched. And, again, I know it sucks, and it hurts to, it hurts to see them go down. So my sympathies are with you on them losing this game. It's all good, brother. I'm uh I'm already feeling the ease of my tension just from being away from that friggin' T V screen. Um <laughs> but yeah, it, it it's rough, man. I was like I was like uh anxiety eating anything in the house just because I didn't want to get drunk or anything silly, so I was just grabbing bologna sandwich yeah. here and you know, oh there's some <laughs> there's some leftover spaghetti from like eight days ago, I forgot. I'll eat that shit too. I don't care. Just, just win. Go. And well, I think they we've got our guest. I think. Go ahead, buddy. I think we've got our guest. I think we've got our guest here with us. I'm not on yet. Jo- All right. Is this uh, this Mr. Scaletta? Yeah. Hi there. How you doing? Hey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, from BleacherReport.com, NBA writer. And not only just Bleach Report, but many others. Mr. Kelly Scaletta, he's joined us before on the show. Kelly, thank you so much for coming back on with us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. How are you? I'm wide. <laughs> you fit. You fit right in. I'm I, I'm uh, I'm the Philly guy, so I'm I'm trying to calm down a little bit just to uh, you know take a deep breath and do a show. Man, they they went down to the wire and. Uh, I've never had a higher anxiety level that didn't involve me, like, in a bad situation personally. Wow. You know, um, I was just tweeting about that. I think that whole situation, if you're a Philly fan, I'm not a Philly fan, but I, I love what the Phillies have done. And sometimes you just got to take a step back and look at the big picture. If I, I had told you they were going to get – they were going to win the three seed and – uh, you know, like back in October, I told you they're going to win the three seed and they're going to get all the way to the second round of the playoffs. And they're going to lose four games to one, but three of those games are going to be super, super tight. 
you'd be like, I will take that in a heartbeat. I that would. I don't believe you. I don't think that's even remotely possible. But I will take that, and I will be so happy. Um, you guys have a lot to look forward to. You've got, I think, in three years, what could be the two best players in the league in Embiid and Simmons. So, don't hang your head too low, man. The the Sixers are for real. They are going to be a beast in the East for years to come. I, uh, you know, I, I hesitantly and respectfully, I can't say I respectfully disagree, but right now, hot off the moment, I, you know, you could also flip the script and say you're going to lose to a Boston team that does not have Kyrie Irving or Gordon Hayward. And I predicted them to make the playoffs. I felt they had enough talent to make the playoffs without Bellinelli and Ilyasova. So right now, off fresh off emotion, uh, personally, I you know, I can't say I wouldn't be happy because in the preseason on air we predicted them to go to the playoffs, and we did predict Boston a healthy Boston with the three seed, three seed would into the second round, the three seed to the second round. No, absolutely not. But but we did pick uh, Boston to go to the finals healthy. Um, but Boston wasn't healthy and, but uh, make no mistake about it. Um, Boston, the Sixers, there's a, you know, those two, uh, Tatum and Brown are just scary. They're phenomenal. Great. Oh my God. And, uh, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question here. You're Paul George. All right. Just say you're Mm -hmm. pretend you're Paul George for a minute. Tell me why you would go anywhere other than the Sixers. Uh, truthfully, that's a uh, that's a good question. Um, there was, you know, there's always talk about L.A., but that's c- because of where he comes from. I mean, if you look at the roster of L.A., unless they're doing some stuff that none of us know about, I couldn't see that being a better option than Philadelphia. No, I, I agree with you there. All right, now tell me, who's a better fit for Philadelphia right now than, than Paul George? Right, I'd take Paul George over LeBron James right now for Philadelphia. Not not as a player, but as a fit. Right. Uh, he's, he's a little bit better off-ball player than LeBron James. And a defense with, I mean, like, imagine a defense anchored by Simmons, Covington, George, and Embiid. I mean, that would just be insane. Uh, yeah. You've got room I'm for a max contract. You can probably yeah. – you don't need to give Reddick the same amount of money next year. You, you can extend him. You can bring Belly back, and you can bring uh, uh, Ilya Sova back. Yeah, and, and I, I just see that team is just – it's going to grow a lot next year. That second year for Simmons is going to be a big one. Embiid's going to grow more next year. So, I, I, if 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 I was Philadelphia, if I was a Philadelphia fan, and I'm not, but if I was, I wouldn't be depressed right now. I'd be like, that was a hell of a season. That was better than we could have hoped for. And you know, it, the only reason you're disappointed is that they were so good they made you believe they could get to the conference finals for a minute. And nobody did. would have said conference finals for them in the preseason. Nobody. 
I if agree. You, if I you agree wrote with that. for a living and you said Sixers Conference Finals in the preseason, you would have been fired for it. I mean, <laughs> there, there was yeah. nobody that was saying it was like yeah. a hot take if you were like four seed. I uh, I'm so emotionally invested in that team that maybe tomorrow I'll take a deep breath and just you know kind of smile, but it's just tough to swallow right now. Uh, I just, I, I, you know, I still didn't know for sure, you know, even if it came back to Philly, uh, if that, you know, could be a reality to move on. But it, the way they were up 22 and blew that, and the way that they were always up when T.J. McConnell was in, when Ben was struggling and Brett Brown just put him back in anyway, and then, you know, we – you know, I, I could have, should have, would have, but I'm just emotionally talking right now. Kelly, thank you for joining us. And the Boston Celtics obviously were the better team, and I just got to shut the hell up about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, future, future is bright if everybody stays healthy, for sure. Yeah. Well, but the, you didn't that, don't forget they're going to add a right? – uh, and don't forget, they're going to add a, a top draft pick this year as well. So That's don't right. be too down right. on yourselves. They're only going to get yeah. better. They, they're 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 going to for years. This is going to be a series for years. It, it, I, I, I'm I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of Boston, Philadelphia Eastern Conference Finals in the near future. Yeah, it, it seems to be lining up that way. Um, Boston, uh, I just keep talking about Boston like I live in Boston, but uh, the, Brad Stevens is so smart. He's just such a smart coach. After timeouts, he drew up such plays that, uh, I mean, the, the play for Horford in uh, game three, I'm losing track of games, um, coming off a timeout, you know, and, uh, you know, Horford is so – so tough and underrated and gritty. And, I, you know, Kelly, what did you feel? Because Nate and I talked, like, really quickly before you came on. Uh, the refs tonight, and I'm not going the way you might suspect I'm going. I think, if anything, the refs were favoring the Sixers. And the Sixers got away with several walks, and they were pounding the Celtics. And I'm sure it worked both ways to a degree, but um, – and, and the Celtics just still, you know, made the shots and made the free throws, you know, and they just they just beat us. Um, now, uh, yeah, I, think all I the guess way we the refs were just kind of slow on the whistle, which is fair. I don't care if they're slow on the whistle or quick on the whistle, as long as they're even. I felt like they were pretty even. I didn't just watching it. I didn't really have any. Uh, sense that they were too strong one way or the other, and so uh, you you know, and I don't have a rooting interest in the game, so right, fair uh, enough. That's that's why I ask because you're obje- you're objectively watching it just as a journalist. So I just want to see if it translated any way differently to uh, a different market. But yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm over it. Uh, I'm going to Cancun like uh, Alvin Gentry. <laughs> have a beer, man. Have a beer. You're good White men can't but they can have a beer. <laughs> yeah, what, what do, where are we gonna go, Nate? What are we gonna talk about first with, with Mr. Well, Smart? hey, man, we've like I'm I'm just been sitting back listening to you guys. I mean, I'm no 
expert when it comes to the Sixers, so I've been letting you guys just talk about it. But I do want to jump out west. We now know the Rockets will take on the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Kelly, what do you think about that potential matchup, which honestly is the matchup most people saw coming into the playoffs? What do you think about that? I think I think it's going to be a great series. I'm I'm really hoping it is. I hope everybody stays healthy. I hope we get a winner and not a loser, if you know what I mean. Right. Like, like I hope one team beats the other team. I hope it's not like one team just kind of melts down and dissolves. You know, I, I want a well-fought, hard-fought, seven-game, knock-em-out, punch-out, drag-out series to where it's just, you know, we're hanging on the end of our seats every single game. You know, there's no blowouts. I feel like it's got all the potential to be that. The two games where the Rockets and the, the Warriors played where they were both relatively happy, healthy, went like that. It didn't seem like any team ever took more than a five-point lead, and both both games came down to the wire. I'm not saying that literally, but both, but most of the time the game was this, was this in one or two scores. Both teams have ability to put on, like, big runs. I think that the Warriors have a reputation for being – a good defense, uh, but the Rockets. I, I think the Rockets' defense is 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 kind of underrated. Um, they, you know, they have the second best defense in the playoffs. Did you know that? Based on defensive rating. Well, based no, on defensive I rating, aware. I actually I didn't know that, but I do know that they played because I'm a Wolves fan. I really pay close attention to the Wolves series. Um, that they played the Wolves very well defensively, and they did not let any – they don't allow a lot of easy buckets. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, if you ever watch TNT, you can watch Charles Barkley say a lot of stupid things. And and one of the stupid things he likes to say is that the, the Warriors, if their offense isn't going, their defense doesn't work well. I think it's the other way around. When their defense is being aggressive – they're shutting off the rim. They're just swarming the ball player. They're 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 cutting off the passes. They're getting steals. That transitions the offense, and and they the better their defense plays, the better their offense is. I think the defense actually sets the tempo for the Warriors more than the offense. Although their offense is better, the when the energy is there on their defensive side, the results are there on the offensive side. Um, I think okay. So I'm just looking it up right now. The Dubs and the Rockets are one and two in defensive rating for the playoffs, and they're one and four in offensive rating. The Rockets have the best offensive rating for the playoffs, uh, and in the regular season, uh, the uh, the Rockets were. And the Warriors were ninth in defensive rating, and then the Warriors were first, and the Rockets were second in offensive rating. So they're they're both they're both playing teams that play both sides of the ball uh, really well. But what's interesting, and they both shoot a lot of threes, and they both shoot the three well. But what's interesting is how they get their offenses set up is really different. Like it shows you don't have to have one kind of three-point shooting offense. The uh, 
the the I think the Warriors. If I'm not, the Warriors are first in the NBA. We're first this year in assist percentage. And or wait, in passes. And I think they were. I think they're. I'm going. I, I'm not quite sure on this. But the Rockets were, or the, the the Warriors were either at the top or close to the top, in in passes per game. Uh, and the the Warriors, yeah. the Rockets were close to last in passes per game. I'm just looking this up real quick, so I can be accurate. The Warriors pass the ball a lot. The Rockets do a lot of the ISO thing, with Harden and Paul sort of spotting up a guy breaking him down off the dribble, using the pass to set up a shooter that's camped outside. They don't do a lot of the, you know, fancy stuff. They do do a little bit of it. I think they're second in in screen assist uh, in the playoffs this year. So it's not like they don't do it, but they they don't do a lot of complicated screens where they're, like, running through three screens to get the open shot. They run through one screen. Paul sees him. He hits him. He may, you know, Gordon makes the shot. You know, their 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 sets are not, you know, like Euclidean geometry or something. They're they're really yeah. simple. They're really straightforward, and they just they they rely on two of the best ISO players we've ever seen. You know, in terms of they're able to command the ball, they're able to score either off the bounce or, you know, on spot ups or pass the ball and. When you've got two guys that can do that, it really creates problems. If you have one guy that can do that, it creates problems for defenses. You know, LeBron James can do that. Chris Paul can do that. James Harden can do that. I don't know of anybody else in the league that can really do all three well. You know, shoot, get to the rim, and pass. Maybe Steph Curry, although his passing isn't quite on the same level as like Paul or Harden or or, or LeBron. Uh, but some of right. that's by design because because he is in a more passy offense. So if he were in a different offense, you might see him getting like nine or ten assists a game. Um, but he's also gets kind of careless, and, and you'd see a lot more turnovers. All right. So I, my I point is, you've things. got these Go two, two two very similar statistical teams in certain ways, where they're both really good offensively, really good defensively. They they both shoot a lot of threes. And so I think there's a lazy kind of looking at it that says, oh, these teams are really similar, but they're not. They're they're similar, but they're different. They're like yin and yang. So um, I, I think it'll be a fascinating steer, series in terms of watching how they play together because in some ways they're so similar. They both have a lot of wings who can uh, switch really well, and that's the key to their defense. They both have, you know, like, the, the, the Warriors obviously have Draymond Green, uh, who plays a lot of five, but P.J. Tucker has been admirable playing the five. Uh, Luke Mbamute, if he hadn't gotten hurt a few times this year, his name might be in the defensive player of the year conversation. Clint Capella has just broken the hell out. I mean, he was, he was phenomenal in that round. That He dominated Rudy Gobert for the most part. was really something that I think caught a lot of people's eyes. They're like, oh, hey, this Clint Capella guy is actually pretty good. And it's the one position where I think they have a they have an unquestionable advantage over over the Warriors. 
you know. Yeah. Um, so there, I, I think it'll be a really interesting series with a lot of similarities between the teams, but also a lot of really big contrasts. So I, anyway, I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch, and I think it'll be really close. I have two things real quick, Nate. Um, uh, sort ahead. of from what spurred my memory from what Kelly had said, uh, I saw a stat today. I don't remember the exact number, but it's basically uh, what you said. They had they had pointed out that the Warriors in the playoffs had more assist points than the rest of the West combined. Um, so they're moving the ball, obviously, and, and the ISO, like you said, with Harden and Paul. And, you know, two different different approaches to the game, which – which is always fun when you got the two big dogs and, and, and things like that. But, and the second thing you said is, is the one I've been hanging on to all season. Well, the Rockets have been badass. They got the best uh, record in the league, but the bright lights in the past have not been kind to James Harden or Chris Paul. Now, Chris Paul made a, a, a significant step last night, 41 points and completely dominated uh, the fourth quarter to reach his first conference final and James Harden was allegedly under the weather. Take that as you may. Um, but his last game he played in the playoffs last season and what you talked about, you said you hope there's a winner and a loser and not just a loser. And that's, that's my feeling as well. I want the best rockets against the best warriors and, you know, and just like you said, go seven and just enjoy a classic. I, I just hope nobody, nobody's own worst enemy is themselves. So I, I'm pretty much in agreement there. I, I would if if you ha- if I had to pick right now, I I would still go with the Warriors just because they're just so strong. Been there, done that. Even without the home court advantage, but you know that's why they play the games. And uh, I think uh, I think it's going to go seven. I really do. Nate, anything? Um, well, one thing, since we, we've looked at that series and we've really broke it down, Kelly, that was one of the best summaries of that series. You got me excited to watch two teams that I can't stand. So, fantastic work there. Um, I will agree with you, though. I think Clint Capella, the Clint Capella-Draymond Green matchup where Green's primarily playing the center is going to be the the part that, that really decides the series. I think Paul Harden are going to get theirs, and I think – Thompson, Curry, and Durant are going to get theirs. But can Draymond go in there and if the Rockets are able to force one shot, because the Warriors are, if I'm not mistaken, they're a pretty solid offensive rebounding team because they get those long boards from time to time and they're able to get in there and really Draymond Green's a sneaky rebounder. Um, They're going to be able to make some noise doing that and get some easier shots because you've got everybody chasing the three-point shooters off the line, and they get in the lane and they can do some damage and get some some rebounds. Um, if Clint Capella can clean up the boards, the Houston has a great chance. So, and PJ Tucker is maybe one of the best defenders in the league that nobody talks about, and he's gotten to where he can knock down jump shots. So, both teams yeah. scary. He's uh, been like, he, I think he's shooting around three percent from three for the postseason. I'm not positive on that, but it seems to be in my head somewhere. Uh, yeah. Well, I know this. Every time he was open against Minnesota, he made me just sad. I had to cry into my hands nightly because <laughs> of P.J. Tucker. 
and the way that he can play defense is he's so good on the defensive side of the ball, which is why is where he makes his money. But um, that's going to be a fun series, and I think would would you say whoever wins that series comes out as your potential NBA champions because it's almost like this is the series. Yeah, I, I feel like whoever wins this is the favorite in the final. Although LeBron's going all LeBron again. Um, I think people <laughs> are being a little quick year. to write off the Celtics for the next round. I mean, Brad Davis is just a phenomenal coach, and I think he might he might give the, self, the, the Cavaliers a little more resistance. The one thing that the Cavaliers could have going for them in the finals if they do make quick work of Boston and – Houston Golden State ends up being a real knockout drag out fight. That game one could be a tired Western Conference team against the the uh the Cavaliers. And yeah. that could end up swinging home court the other way. Uh so that'd be the one thing I'd be careful about. You know, cuz they cuz cuz you know then, then uh, all LeBron has to do is hold home court, which I think he's capable yeah. of doing. Yeah, I, I, I want to lighten it up a little bit because of this. Uh, their starting lineup last night with Iguodala um, and the four All Stars, with their many nicknames, one being the Hampton Five or the Hamptons. Uh-huh. I, I I know wide men can't jump is growing, but. Nate and I combined uh, net worth is not good enough for the Hamptons. How about Bleacher Report? Should we should we try to get a job there to get a house down there? I don't think that's going to help you much. Um, I, I would I would aim for uh, for ESPN. Uh, I've been aiming for ESPN, but they still aren't giving me anything. So if you're listening, ESPN, give me a call. Yes, come on. Give us some kind of call vacation. Good Lord. Call Kelly. He's fantastic. Right on. And I, I, I guess I guess I've calmed down enough to uh to think about Celtics and Cavaliers. LeBron, uh, in my opinion, or at least in my uh sometimes uh current brain that loses some uh old data for some reason, um he looks to be playing the best he's ever played. Uh, to me, and that's saying a lot because the guy is just amazing. Um, this Celtics team I saw very closely. I, I'm interested in the – this is kind of a weird take, but I'm interested in the odds makers. I don't even know if it would be out yet, but I'm interested in how uh, Boston having the home court advantage and have yet to lose at home. Um, but they are undermanned, and the Cavs are playing just out of this world as far as, you know, uh, sweeping and and you know once they got out of that Indiana series and LeBron really just turned it on. Uh, it's going to be interesting to me to see who's who's the uh, betting favorite, if you will. Um, I I really don't have a pick right now. I'm still kind of blurry about this uh, Celtics team. They they look incredible to me as a team, uh, but LeBron James is just playing out of his mind. I, I mean, it's like the, 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 the baby series of the two, but I, I think we got the best four teams. I really do. Yeah, you just kind of wish that Kyrie was there. 
I have a friend on Twitter that he tweeted, this is Cleveland without Kyrie versus Boston without Kyrie. I think that's the best summation of it. (laughs) Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, that's really really disappointing, too. But um, I think, like, Al Horford is just – He's been mission oriented. Um, and uh the Brad Stevens, he's such a good coach. Like I, I, I just anybody I, I there should be like a new rule that if somebody says something negative about Brad Stevens, they just get punched in the head. Oh <laughs> yeah, I, I you know and, I agree. And did you I just, agree? Just, just did you hear did you hear he didn't even get a vote for coach of the year? Not even a vote. What? Where did he you did hear not that? get one? I, uh, I that I believe I read that on ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let me find that that article uh, and I can throw that at you because if I'm not mistaken, he did not receive one single vote. Because um, I didn't. Was it new, like, it's, no, I think, no, no. No, none of the results should have been posted yet. So how would they know that? That's the rumor that, according to the New York Times, NBA coaches pick Dwayne Casey for Coach of the Year. Brad Stevens gets no votes. That's wow. according to the New York Times. So take that with however you want to take it. Um, but that's what is is where I saw it from is New York Times. Wow. Huh. Interesting. I wonder. I wonder well, if Quinn Snyder finished that. I thought I, I voted for Quinn Snyder. I wanted Quinn Snyder to win it, but that yeah. was the guy that the came up with too. or Steven Sturt. Just, just seeing see Stevens in the huddle. Uh, just, it's. I couldn't put a finger on it. It's relatability, maybe. Maybe it's just. Uh, I can't put a finger on it, but he just seems to get through to his players, and and they just have such a trust and belief in him and what he draws up for them, and they execute it to a T. And it's I don't know, man. He he's just he's in a league of his own. He, you know, the players beat us for sure in Philadelphia, but we were out coached as well, and I like Brett Brown. Uh, but Stevens, Stevens, just to me, just elevated as far as my awareness. You know, you always uh, thought of him as a good coach at Butler, and then you know, uh, a future great at Boston. And uh, this year, when I actually saw him seven games, I mean, I watched the Bucks series. Don't get me wrong, but when it's your own team, you really watch every every goddamn thing. And that guy is a stud. To have no votes is is almost criminal. I I, I hope that New York Times is wrong just uh, just because that'd be criminal, just to have no 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 respect in that category. Although although uh, Casey and Quinn Snyder did a hell of a job this year as well, um, but to have no votes is kind of crazy. Yeah, that's insane. I can't believe like he wouldn't get one vote. Yeah, you would think somebody would throw him a bone. I mean, he honestly, he probably is a top three coach in the league, just period. But, you know, for him not to get a vote, and again, that's New York Times, so, you know, normally they're credible, but 
you don't know 100% really, but you got to think he'd get at least a vote or somebody would vote for the guy. It's just like, is everybody that focused on Dwayne Casey winning it or Quinn Snyder? It's like, guys, Brad Stevens lost, you know, his best two players possibly on his team and look what he's doing in the playoffs right now. It's, it just, it doesn't add up to me. You know, and I, I think the other guy that probably got overlooked a little bit is Brett Brown. Uh, yeah. I thought yeah, he was go- an amazing job. I mean, to go from 10 um, wins two seasons ago to 50, 52 is something that can't be overlooked as well. You're right there. And to be able well, to, you argument. Know, when you're coaching so many young players like that to keep them focused, especially when they, you know, uh, when Embiid went down and, you know, and then they grew, they grew so much during the playoffs too. I felt, I, I, I just felt like they, they, they were, they were really, uh, they reminded me of the, the thunder when the thunder made that their first playoff run. And you realize gotcha. this is a group that's going to be special, you know? And of course the group was special. They just didn't stay together. But all three yeah. of them are, you know, if Harden gets the MVP when she is likely to do, that's going to be three MVPs that were on that team. And they just, uh, I'm sorry, you can never convince me otherwise. Choosing a Baca over Harden was stupid, with a capital stupid. <laughs> I agree 100%. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they made three that, MVPs. I think they made – I think they made that decision with their their they were angry at Harden due to his finals performance because uh, he kind of vanished in that NBA Finals against the um, the Cavs that year uh, or no it was the Heat excuse me the Heat against the Heat and he um, he kind of vanished and they were just kind of made that decision they're like well you're gonna vanish on us in the finals well fine see you go to Houston Houston's Which been definitely grateful ever since they made it past the Spurs. You know, yeah, he, he is. is. He, he's the one that bailed them out against the Spurs, and that's the thing about Harden. He's had a couple of bad uh, games in, uh, you know, in his career. He's had a couple of bad playoff games, but he's had some really good playoff games too, and he's had some bad elimination games. But he's had some really good lim- elimination games. He had a triple double in an elimination game. He dropped 45 against the Warriors in an elimination game. And it's like people only focus on, you know, like the Spurs game six. They don't focus on the Warriors game four, you know. And they'll say, oh, he had 12 turnovers in game in game five. Well, you wouldn't be able to bellyache about that if they hadn't won game four, which they wouldn't have done if he hadn't dropped 45 against, you know, yeah. the Warriors, and who, by the way, were a higher-seeded team. And that's the other thing is, other than the Trailblazers, I think that the Rockets were a four seed and the Blazers were a five seed. Every team they've lost to is a higher seed. So yeah. I, I think the Harden hates, like some of it is, uh, what's the word? It's is selective because a lot of yeah. people don't like the aesthetics of his play, which I understand. He is not um, always the prettiest basketball player, although there is a kind of beauty to his game that you can grow to appreciate. Um, 
but uh, he's not he's not Steph Curry. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not LeBron James. He doesn't do things that are just make you laugh out loud, you know, silly good. Um, but like his the the ways he scores are they annoy the hell out of you, especially if you're cheering for the other team. Like his oh god, back, do they ever? His step back three looks like a travel every single time, but it's not a step back three. It's kind of a euro step translated into a step back three. It's a completely creative, somewhat genius play that he is incredible with. And like you know, he made he made this is this is like you want to know a cool fact. He made more step back threes this year than any team in the NBA. Wow. Not 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 any player in the NBA, any team in the NBA. Yeah. That so, says a lot. I um, mean, like, whether you like the aesthetics of that or not, you have to appreciate that's a hell You know, and so I, I, I yeah. think that, that he's kind of like an acquired taste. And if you learn to like um, him, he's easy to like. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with you on one thing, Kelly. I think that step back's a travel every single time. You're not going to change my mind. I watch it. I've I've broke it down. I think it's a travel. I'll always think it's a travel. <laughs> but he, you know, in the NBA, but that, that you're first not gonna... step doesn't count because it's a gather step, and that's it what people don't understand. Me. And if you were going forward with the next step, you would recognize it as a euro step. But he's going backwards with that next step, so it looks like a travel. But it's just a sort of ingenious reverse euro step. You have to look at where is he gathering. Steps, look at the ball, and you'll you'll see what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I've I looked at it, and I watched. I watched the referee Sorry? tape break it down. I've watched some NBA referees break it down, and they explain it. I, man, I don't know. I just, I cannot accept the fact that that's, to me, that's a travel. But then again, I'm not a <laughs> professional. So again, I'm always going to look at that and be like, that's a travel every time. I'm like, why is nobody blowing the whistle? But nevertheless, that's, it, you know, it, there's, again. I'll admit, there's an optical illusion to that, that you look at. It. If you're just looking at it, you're like, that's a travel. And it's hard to understand why it's not. But by rule, it's not a travel. It just looks like a travel. And it's hard as hell to defend. Yeah. It, uh, it's very hard to you defend. Know, um, and, I mean, and, and because my, he, he's so good at, you know, like when he's in that kind of Euro step, halfway there kind of thing, um, he can either go forward or backward. Like he hasn't made up his mind. He's going to go in whatever direction you give him. Right. If you try and come towards him, he's going to go at you, and he's either going to get by you or he's going to get the foul. Right. And if he gets by you, he's going to get to the rim and he's going to score. Uh, if he gets the foul, he's going to shoot the free throws and he's going to score. If you go back, if you go back from him, he's going to do a step back thing and he's going to hit the three. It's, and then if somehow you manage to miraculously cover all three of those things then he's going to find the open shooter because if you manage to cover it, it's because you had two guys and he's going to figure out which guy you left to come help. So, uh, like, there, there's an artistry to James Harden's game. 
that has its own kind of beauty. And it takes a little bit of uh, watching him to appreciate that. Uh, it's it's not as uh, it, it, it's not as Disney ride as Stephen Curry. This it, it's more it's more Lou. You know, like the the, the Lou in France. It's it's more artistry yeah. than Disney ride. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and yeah. but there is a kind of beauty to what he does because it's so smart. It's so creative. He has such command of uh, of just. He has such an intuitive command of of the when, of the basketball. When he's in the zone, um, I personally, you know, enjoy. It's it's you know you mentioned like the guys like LeBron and Durant and so forth, but when he's in that zone where he's just killing people and dropping forty five or whatnot and isolating. Uh, I, I, I find myself at times during the season and to watching the national games where it, it, it was almost art, art-like. It was, uh, he's, a, he's a great player to watch when he's in the zone. and It, it reminded me of, like, uh, I don't know, watching, say, a Pedro Martinez pitch in his heyday or something like that. It was just, you know, uh, just artistic and, and uh, really – you know, he could either drop back, like you said, and stick to three. And, uh, my memory's leaving me uh, rapidly. But who who was recently within the last month or two where he, he isolated, stepped back, and just lost the guy, looked down at him, and then Dr. drained the well, three? Can he just drop Wesley Johnson like back of laundry? Yeah, and that, yeah. that was it. And then was he was just sitting there. Staring at him and like, hey, would you like to get up and try and come and contest this shot? Or did yeah, I just shoot it? Yeah. And like, gave him yeah, a chance to get up. <laughs> that's the guy. That's the guy I want to see all series. Uh, should Should we go on record and and predict what we think? Yeah, I would like to hear Kelly's pick of who he thinks is going to be in the NBA Finals, and we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up with him because I know he you've been so gracious, Kelly, with your time, and we really appreciate that. Um, I told you 15 minutes. I think it's up. we're at 35 now. So, <laughs> but we appreciate you jumping on with well, us. Who do you think is going to the NBA I'm Finals? Not, I think it's either going to be the Cavaliers or the Celtics in the East and either the Rockets <laughs> or the Warriors. Is that, oh, is that overhead? All right. I think, me, I think – well, you're definitely right. Gonna, I you know think. what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna say the Rockets in seven. Wow. Mm. I, I, and, 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 and we haven't even talked about him, but I'm gonna say it's because of Chris Paul. That that okay. game, that last game against, even the last two games against the Jazz, Chris Paul is like, I am done with all this. It is time to win a ring. And he's kind of got that mentality Dirk Nowitzki had in 2011. You know, he, he right now okay. I think it is unequivocal. He is the best player, the greatest player in the NBA right now that doesn't have a ring is Chris Paul. Uh, and he he will have a ring at the end of this year. That that's well, my there you go. I think he is to make sure he has a ring. He is going to do whatever it takes. So that his focus in that. In that Utah series, those last two games, and that's the beauty of getting him right. James Harden wasn't yeah. that great those last two games, 
But when, when, when the second best shot creator on your team is Chris Paul, you're a pretty doggone good team. Yeah. You can't argue with yeah, that. Yeah, you really are. You want to go now, Nate, or me? So I'm going well, to take the Rockets over the, over the Cavs in the finals. I'm going to take the Warriors over the Cavs in the finals. I don't think that Houston's going to be enough to, to beat the Warriors. That's just my professional opinion. TR, who are you taking? Well, I'm a wounded animal from that game tonight. Um, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a shocker and, 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 and say these Celtics with the home court advantage Ooh. are going to beat the Cavs. And I'm going to say they will meet the opposite of both you guys. I'm going to say, although they'll fight for it and be against their stiffest competition, the Golden State Warriors will win in six, in six games. And then Golden State, unfortunately, yeah, it'll be at Oracle. Um, so Golden State in six, and then the championship. I got the Warriors hoisting the trophy again, barring injury, in a yeah, tighter, tighter, tighter championship game than most will think, due to the youthful uh, talent and the great coaching of Brad Stevens. But Golden State will pull it out again. That's that's just my opinion. Fresh off, I'm a wounded animal from the loss tonight. Keep that in mind in case I I'm <laughs> off. <laughs> I got an excuse. Yeah, he's got an excuse you're, you're for like, when he's wrong. Homer Simpson backing into the books as you make your as you make your prediction. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Kelly, thanks it. for jumping on with us, man. We really appreciate you giving us so much of your time, and especially you know, kind of late into the evening. And thank you so much. And we hope to have you back on. Thanks for being a returning guest, and you're always welcome here on Wide Men Can't Jump. All right, thanks a lot. Have a good one. Have a good one. Well, that was Kelly Scaletta, and hang on just a second. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hey, Nathan. That's uh, Jeff. I was just it's calling in, Jeff checking on back. the boy TR. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> hey. What's tough going loss, on, buddy? Tough loss tonight. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, we're talking about the Warriors and uh, – Rockets a little bit with Kelly, and it, it's kind of got my mind off of uh, oh, you know the fresh stinging. No, 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 no. I'm I'm cool now. I, when I first got on, it was it was really fresh, but now I mean, it is what it is. And 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 what sucks is I can't say to you, Jeff or Nate or Kelly or anybody that the Boston beat us. I mean, I can't. They were good, man. They they played us hard and. Their coach is excellent, and you know I, I'd love the bitch. I mean, I think you know some coaching moves in the first three games by Brown. Uh, suspect as uh, I'm a big T.J. McConnell fan, and he came to prove us right. We've been talking about him for the first since we've had our first show six months ago. Um, not you know not an All Star by any means, not a, a MVP candidate, but just one of those guys that needs to be in a lineup to make a team better. And and it worked and got us to game five. Uh, he scored nine points early tonight and was kind of quiet after that. But, you know, they beat us. Uh, that, that that Tatum, re- uh, uh, you watched the game, Jeff, didn't you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That Tatum, he, they, they were clotheslining him, elbowing him, throwing him, and he would still 
still hit the bucket. I mean, 20 years old, my goodness, if he stays healthy, he's got a scary future. Really, I mean, and it's another thing that uh, the Sixers had their chance at him last year. and uh, <laughs> let him go. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff has showed up with the salt to put in TR's wound. <laughs> <laughs> Regular Mr. Fuji throwing a salt. <laughs> well, well, the, I was going to ask, what was the bigger fail, point, uh, Embiid's point-blank layup or Marcus Smart's uh, foul shot that you tried to miss? But, uh, tell uh, me about that one, man. That's... But uh, I, I thought they uh, I thought they might have tried to throw the long pass to Embiid where he's a lot taller and bigger uh, there at the end when they had the chance to tie or take the, or win the game or whatever, but... He just didn't throw it there. And I, you know, I, I think the Sixers, they had a lot of um, they had a lot of ill-timed, like, like there was a couple times they didn't block out that Boston got a three off of, uh, I think, the first or second quarter. Then there at the, there at the end, that put back, you know, they just some little things. And I think they had like 15 or 16 turnovers. You know, that's a lot of turnovers for a professional team. Yeah. And I think. I think a lot of, I think that, you know, just some carelessness uh, cost them. And, you know, as you talk about those first three games, that were that was some tough losses. And as you, you all preached all year, uh, McConnell, uh, finally got McConnell in, you know, the game and uh, the night. And I think she said he played good the uh, other night and tonight. And it's just, uh, like I said, it was a really, really good game. It was an epic game. And just, and he got beat. and most of the games that these teams played, most of the games these teams played were actually very competitive. They were really entertaining games to watch. It was one of the more entertaining series. Unfortunately, it was just, you know, a short series. Um, I think, obviously, the the better games of the playoffs were, you know, you had a few first-round series that was really good, but we're getting down now to the, the series everybody is wanting to see. But one thing I noticed that the uh, – uh, the Celtics did. They made adjustments. If you're going to play McConnell, they used Brown and Tatum to try to go in and post him up a little bit and try to play some big boy ball with him because McConnell's not the biggest guy in the world. Um, and it was it was effective. Stevens really had a game plan for McConnell after game four. So it was uh, smart on his part. Yeah, I, uh, even like you said, even though uh, he did come out to him, I think – you know, uh, we talk about the plus minus. I think I still think he was a plus three, and Ben Simmons was a minus. He, he was. He was. He was plus uh, three. Uh, but um, yeah, I, if we could, I, if we could switch their brains, Jeff, and put <laughs> TJ's mentality and hustle into Ben's body and talent and uh, uh, you know genetic skill level that he was God given with, and and put TJ's work ethic and in, into him. We'd have uh, we'd have probably won every game by thirty points, but you know uh, we can't. So, minus. I, I I'd like to see. I, I guess with tonight's uh, minus, that Ben's probably up there like minus about sixty for the series. I would think. Uh, that's that's probably pretty accurate because it's been around ten to twelve. You know, tonight was thirteen. Give me a second, I can figure it give me give me a second, I can figure it out. Uh over here crunching crunching numbers and uh, things of that nature. 
I'll talk to Smart. Jeff while you're crunching crunching numbers. Yeah, yeah Marcus Marcus Smarts. He was a plus ten. Yeah, I want that guy, man, on the Sixers <laughs> so bad. He is so crazy, but crazy like a fox, like they used to say about a wrestler Terry Funk. Uh, he's 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 batshit crazy. He's nuts, but yet he knows what he's doing. Um, he's a guy, man. He just uh, since Oki State, I liked him. And Oki State, he was like their primary, their stud player. And then uh, when he went out and Push that big fat guy in the stands. Uh, one of the uh, alumnus of like I forget. It might have been at Oklahoma. I forget where it was, but uh, he got a little heat. But I, I love that kind of fire if you can back it up, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean he's an ultimate, like one of the ultimate bench guys you could have. You know, coming off giving your team a spark like that. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, the other guy they have is Marcus Morris. So he he shot the ball way too much tonight. I thought. Yeah. I don't know who I don't know who came up. I don't know who came up with it, but Simmons finished the series at minus sixty three. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I knew he was around minus forty something. Um, Because he he only finished he only finished plus five in game four, and that was the only game he finished in the plus. The first game was minus 23, the second game was minus 21, then minus 11, then minus 13 tonight, and then plus 5 in uh, game 4. Yeah, well, yeah he, I, I didn't want – go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Well, he's going to have to learn how to guard. I mean, he just yeah. – he's a great ball handler. He just – and he's a rookie still, you know. it's He's still – I mean, I know he's – we know what the – we've been talking about that all year, but I mean, he's in his first year of play in the NBA, I mean – and he, what did what he play one year of college? I mean, he's still immature when it comes to defense. Uh, yeah, he is. And uh, I was going to say earlier, Marcus Morris, he about shot them out of the game. Boston, he left Philadelphia after the game a few times. I'm sure that they might have a discussion about that. I think he was one of ten tonight. But uh, anyway, it was a really good game. But, uh, you know, uh, some – He's some of those guys, like like said Simmons. He's going to have to do a better job on defense. And hey, you know, the, sometimes uh, you know I think we may have talked about it last week. Uh, you know the the Bulls had to overcome Detroit. Detroit had to overcome Boston. You know, uh, although this team was very capable of making it to the next round and maybe even making it to the finals, they're just uh, still still. Like that inexperience in a big situation like that in the playoffs is a lot different from the regular season. But, you know, uh, I still think the sky's the limit for you guys. So, yeah. I like how I every hope, call uh, tonight – I like how every call tonight has been the console Tom call. It's like, well, buddy, <laughs> we, you know, we, <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like we're at the funeral. NTR is just sitting here and they're like, it's okay, man. There's next year. It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody I, I called, consulted me when Minnesota went down. I got a bunch of messages like, "Ha ha, they suck." <laughs> I I know, but you know, you were playing the number one seed, and ours was yeah, we were I, a minus three seventy favorite, and every game, especially tonight, was so nerve wracking and play to play, and and uh, lead really changes was. and just crazy and. I actually, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, first I shut my phone off because uh, when I would get into that, then that would make it worse. 
And then, uh, you know, when I just kind of could see what was coming, even when we had a lead late. I just could see it coming. And my head was just, like, pounding. Like, I know this. Everybody nationally, and, I, you know, I didn't want to disagree with, with Kelly like I would just Joe Blow fan because he's a professional. He makes his living covering it, and he's national. But I, yeah. I'm not as high on Ben Simmons as everybody else, man. I, you know, he, he just – I don't know if you guys notice, and I, I'm micro-focused on him, but, but some, some of his shots that he put in, uh, because he's so athletic, he was designing – he was driving and designing, looking around in midair, which they teach you in fifth grade not to jump before you know where, what you're doing with the ball. And he would almost do a 360 because nobody was open and then just kind of flip it towards the rim and it would go in. And they would be like, oh, an incredible shot. No, uh, he just shot it because nobody else was around. You know, he's he's really got to get out of that. You know, just seems like the only time he feels good is when it's open and he can just slam it home. And that's when TJ's in to open things up and, you know, whatever. But well, he, here I he go again. Got him- He's he's got to learn how to shoot a jump shot, like because they're just going to sag off of him until until he does, because he can't shoot a jump yeah. shot. Yeah, he's not a guy that you're going to have. Like now, if you if if you let him pass the ball, you got to close the passing lanes, but you can't let it. If he's going to shoot, by, by all means, please here take the shot, because he's not a good shooter. He's got to improve that facet of his game, and, and I think he will. Um, I think he's a great talent. I just don't think that he's where here, – here's the thing, TR. I'm going to tell you this, and this is because I love you. The 76ers overachieved this year, big time. They really overachieved. And and that's not a bad thing. Wow. According to – I know, I know. I know you're going to get mad at me. Listen, this is coming from love, okay? This is love. Okay, my team underachieved. So – do I, get, do I get to do I get to retort, or should I do it? Should I, should I put a, put an asterisk before you finish? Well, it, here's which, which here's is the better what I'm way. Let, let me just let me finish. Okay, let me finish. Okay. The 76ers from the beginning of the year. Again, I know. Yes, we're looking at the beginning of the year, and you hate that. Remember in December, the 76ers were the 10 seed, and we were talking about it, and we were in how furious you were. Now. Fast forward, coaching decisions and more so front office decisions to move and get guys like Ersan Ilyasov and Marco Bellinelli on the cheap really made this team a lot better. The Sixers, in my opinion, didn't expect those guys to make the impact they made. They expected them, in my opinion, I think the Sixers game plan this season starting out from the top of, from the day that the tip, their goal was, okay, let's just make the playoffs. That was their goal. Until that goal had to change, and they really overachieved from their preseason goals. And I think Ben was not ready to lead this team like he should be. Will he get there? That's up for debate. But I think this 76ers team, again, they're going to – if Simmons improves his jump shooting – they should be one of the best teams in the league coming back next year because now their ceiling is high. Now, of course, they have to keep the help that they added because that help is more important than the the key players, in my opinion. If they lose Reddick, Bellinelli, 
and uh, Ilyasova, and they don't add pieces, we're back to where we started. So we'll see what happens. That's just my opinion watching them. But from the beginning of the year, I think they drastically overachieved from what they thought they could do. Okay. I'm not telling Here's you to be happy retort. about it. I'm just saying. But go ahead. Here's my retort uh, to anybody who, who feels that way. Um, yes, in the beginning of the season, from what they had, what we expected, et cetera, of course, 52 wins, second round of playoffs, competitive, et cetera. But then the season evolve, evolves and things change in the competition that they're playing against. And I, I'm a firm believer in striking while the iron's hot and tomorrow's not promised. Philadelphia Eagles were a prime example, different sport, I know. But, you know, when Carson Wentz goes down, nobody in the world thinks they're winning the Super Bowl, and they win the Super Bowl because they were in the now. They weren't in the preseason. They weren't in the expectations, blah, 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 blah. San Antonio, who we were very high on collectively, the best two-way player in the game, does not play the whole season. They're not a factor. Um, Out West, even in general, because we don't play them that often, are not a factor. To get to the Eastern Conference Final, LeBron – gets a makeshift team 25 games ago. They drop down to four. Um, the Wizards lose wall. We did not count on that. Uh, Irving and uh, Kyrie, rather, uh, Irving, but, you know, just in case you thought I meant Doc, Kyrie and Gordon Hayward go down. We did not factor that in before the season. By the end of the season, when we had those players that you mentioned, and we have these Still, I, I, I'm not sold, even though it's my team, generational players and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. When we have all this talent, and, and it seems like every other guy besides J.J. and T.J. are 6'10 or, or higher, in the now, those guys for the Eastern Conference, without Brad Stevens, I think they're better than that Celtics team. And I think 1 through 15 – they're better than the Cavs, but the Cavs got the best player on the planet. Uh, if they got to the final, I'd probably uh, be fine. And I'm probably fine tomorrow when I look back at it. But right now, I can't, I, I, I can't say they overachieved or tell me what you would say, you know, six months ago. Because six months ago, I thought Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Irving was playing, Gordon Hayward was playing, John Wall was playing, uh, Kawhi Leonard was playing. Uh, it's like a matter of circumstance. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what uh, Colangelo thought about Bellinelli and Ilyasova. I knew he got them on the cheap because that's their style. But they go on a 17-game win streak, and, and those guys are out of their mind shooting from half court. Bellinelli's falling out of bounds, hitting three-pointers. It was just uh, an amazing run to where, what the fuck, man? These guys are like the best team in the East. And then bah, 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 minus 60, the underachieving LSU. Uh, I'm the number one player. I got to move to America, Ben Simmons. He's an underachiever. And uh, I, I, I want him to be my favorite player. And he, I just, you know, I, at my age and my, the way I eat and my lifestyle, 
I don't know if I'm going to be alive to see him become my favorite player. Um, so I want I want a victory now, and we didn't get it. And I think you, uh, I don't know. You take Brad Stevens see, here's out of that the thing. mix, and maybe here's the thing. Go ahead. I agree with I agree with every word you just said. I really do. I'm just talking about on the whole as a season. Now, do I think they should have beat the Celtics? Yes. Do I think they're a better team than the Celtics? Yes. Do I think that they overachieved on the season as a whole? Yes. Do I think they underachieved against the Celtics in the playoffs given the circumstance? Yes. So basically, I'm agreeing with you at the same time as I'm just looking at it as a whole. And then if you break it down to where you're looking at it, I agree with you. I think coming into the playoffs – Everybody thought that the Sixers were going to be the team that, that was going to be tough to put out because we all thought, you know, hey, Boston could struggle with Milwaukee, and they did. They went seven, whereas we thought for sure Philly would be the team that, that would, could give it to Boston, especially down as bad as they were. And lo and behold, there's a guy named Terry Rozier, and it they you know the first game I'll give to to Boston they just came out and played they were in rhythm Philly looked a little too rested but I think game two game three game four and game five could have all easily went the other way it just came down to the end and I'll agree Ben Simmons was disappointing he had a one point game in this series yep that can't happen he was very disappointing I think Joel Embiid looked great I think, um, you know, Bellinelli had his ups and downs. A lot of the guys had their ups and downs. Dario Saric even had his ups and downs. But if you're going to beat a team in the playoffs, you have to beat them four games. The Sixers played three of the games they lost. They played, they could have won. So take that for what it's worth. Um, Bellinelli only played 11 minutes tonight. Did you all know that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You know what the problem? The problem with him is he's so uh, bad. He's streaky defense, like on on the defensive side, though. Like uh, for all the three pointers he can he can do. uh, They were, you know, you mentioned um, posting up on TJ. They posted Marcus Smart was just laughing at JJ and Bellinelli, uh, and also the other guys Tatum and, and and. uh, Jalen and whoever he, he whoever yeah. that damn um, Stevens wrote plays up for, it was always on those three guys. Yeah, and and the if there if if it's if it's the opposite and and Brett Brown draws up plays like mismatches like that, there's always the that that thing called help and a double, and every time ever the Sixers are standing around and just letting the guys drive right right around them. It was it was mind boggling. No help. Well, here's like, the thing. In any of those, and here's posts. another. Here's another thing. If you double Joel out of the post, out of the post, who's the guy that's going to come help? Probably the guy guarding Ben Simmons, the guy that can't shoot. That's the guy I'm sending to help. That's the guy yeah. I'm going to leave open. I'm going to rotate around. I'm going to rotate my yeah. guys to where who's the guy we're leaving open to help out on Joel in the post? Probably Simmons because he can't shoot. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you know yeah. it's just me, but. We, let's pay some bills here real quick, guys. We'll be back in about 30 seconds. So uh, here's a word from our sponsor. Hello, my name is Kennedy Miller, and I'm a beauty guide for Limelight by Alcone. We are a professional makeup company now being offered to the public after over 60-plus years in the industry. 
My website is limelifebyalcon.com backslash Makeup Kennedy. I can also be found on Facebook as Makeup Kennedy. To contact me about products or joining my team, you can email me at makeupkennedy at yahoo.com. I'll be waiting to hear from you. That's right, Makeup Kennedy, our sponsor here on the show. And I want to send her, I know she she probably doesn't listen to the show, but congratulations, Kennedy, and to her, um, well, now fiancé, Trevor. Uh, he proposed to her the other day. She's getting married, so congratulations to Kennedy for that. Uh, and Trevor, Congrats. if you hurt her, I'll murder you. So, there uh. you go. <laughs> I'm a protective uncle, forgive me. Um, but yeah, we're back. Uh, wide men can't jump. It's Nate. It's Tr and Jeff, our caller. Who it might be Ed Bogus's favorite segment on the show. He loves caller Jeff. So Ed, this one's for you, buddy. If you're listening out there, I know you are. Uh, it's, it's caller Jeff's his favorite. And uh, I didn't know, you know I had we, a uh, fan out there. Oh yeah, Ed loves everything. Ed's hey. the man. <laughs> hey, but guys, in our in our go ahead in our early shows. Uh, our other caller who who made appearances was a 51-year-old man trans, transforming into a woman, Karen from Philadelphia. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a diff- it's quite a different situation and, uh, you know, <laughs> et cetera. I don't want to go any further on that. <laughs> Let's just talk hoops. Well, I overheard you all well, talking a while ago about um, uh, what, what the line was on Cleveland to win the series, and it right now – it's minus two forty-five. They're minus two forty-five. So basically, if you, I mean, you'd have to, if you wanted to, say, if you bet ten bucks, you'd have, you, you know, you have to get ten, bet ten bucks to get four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, the opposite way. True. Um, so that's surprising. Um, they major, are major. With, with without without home court advantage, they're still. Uh, I I mean, I can't. I can only argue because, like I said 20 times already, the wound is fresh. And, uh, you know, I just watched my team go down to this other team who looked just incredible against us. But that uh, that guy, James, out of Cleveland, I think he might have a future in this league. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, some he, of the shots. that really uh, seems like he's doing it, you know. It seems like he's doing well. That Larry Bird shot behind the, the backboard the other night, and the, and the game winner off the glass, full extension with one hand, and and the follow through. It was almost like a Tim Duncan, uh, you know, call the bank shot. Uh, it was just right as the buzzer goes off. The the, the guy is uh, he's incredible, man. Like a lot of people have been saying, he surpassed you, and I I don't like to get into those comparisons. Uh, but he, I don't like know, those either. They're annoying me. Yeah, like the, the they're getting to the point now. It, it's getting to the point now where it's annoying, and I'm fed up with it. And I'm going to put it. And I'm and I'm not going to put a stop to it. But I'm going to tell people out there, Michael Jordan is said to be the greatest basketball player of all time. Many people are now making the argument that LeBron James is now the greatest basketball player of all time. I'm going to give you an answer right now that sums this up. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of his generation. If you took LeBron James out where he is right now in his prime, dumped him, 
into the Michael Jordan era of basketball, do I think LeBron James would be as good as Michael Jordan? Absolutely not. In reverse, if you take Michael Jordan out of basketball as he knew it in his prime and dumped him into the modern-day NBA, do I think Michael Jordan would be as good as LeBron James? Absolutely not. That's the only way to sum this up. You're only as good as the time frame you're in because the game has evolved. Now, if you want to make all these arguments, shut the fuck up and go somewhere else and make them. Jesus Christ. I, I agree with you, Nathan. It's hard to uh, gauge eras. And like you said, well, uh, I mean, you know, it would you be know, like dumping like, Jerry West into now. Right. He's like, oh, right. Jerry West, he's the logo. Dump him into right. the modern day NBA. Would he right. be as good? Probably not. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, one thing people like to bring up is Jordan probably would have averaged 40 points without the hand check. But at the same time, he would have had to win up a, probably against his own, which he would have been creative enough, more than likely, to be able to go against his own, they would have figured something out. But, like you said, you can't really uh, gauge errors and things like that. And, you can't. And that's all they do. That's all was on this morning, uh, Skip Bayless and, or Shannon Sharp. That's, they talk, they talk right. about that two or three times this week already. And people love it. They do. You're it's, right. They crave it. So It's ratings. People love it. People love the debate. And years ago, it was Kobe. Has Kobe finally reached Jordan status? Kobe this, Kobe that. Kobe retires. Now it's LeBron. Has LeBron made it to the Jordan status? Yada, yada, yada. It's like, man, like they crave the ratings so much that they're trying to compare the greatest player in the world right now to a guy that was the greatest player in the world back then. And it, it's not that it, this. Do you ever hear people say all the time, well, Tom Brady, was he as good as Joe Montana? I, I never hear these arguments. I only hear the arguments about LeBron and Jordan anymore. That's all you ever hear. You don't hear, you know, is Aaron Judge as good as, you know, hell, Pete Rose? Or is this guy as good as this guy in baseball? Or, you know, is Sidney Crosby as good as Wayne Gretzky? You, you don't hear it. If if you do, I don't hear it. I just hear it about basketball. I listen to actually, ESPN radio quite a bit. Actually, in Go this ahead. market, there's a lot of uh, Brady Montana stuff, but that's yeah. probably because Brady beat us in the Super Bowl and then we beat him and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, it, it, it's a fruitless thing to do, and it's just mind numbing, and you go around in circles because neither can be definitively proven. Other than, like exactly. you said, they were the best player of their era. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is on Dancing with the Stars the other night. And yeah. that guy has every, has every goddamn thing you could have. College national championships, the world championships, MVPs, scoring, you know, et cetera. So, whatever. I mean, every, you, can, you, know, you can make the argument. It's always LeBron versus Jordan. You can make the argument for Will. They had to change the game for him. Oscar Robinson, the first guy to ever average a triple-double. Kareem played more than anybody has the most points of all time. Bill Russell has the most rings. For instance. <laughs> the greatest shoulder <laughs> imbalance in history, Markel Fultz, ladies and gentlemen. How can you forget? How dare we leave off the the red mamba? How dare we leave him off the list? Brian Scalabrini, guys like that. But seriously, there like, you go. These arguments make no sense, and, I, and I'm glad we aren't having this argument on this show, and, and I hope we never really do, even though we're kind of discussing it right now. But 
to me, it's 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 a waste of time when we could be and we've dived deep into the playoffs. But there's some news um, that I want to look at here. A little bit of news in around the league, um, not so much around the league, but. Um, in case anybody missed it, Stan Van Gundy and the Detroit Pistons have parted ways. So, uh, Ron Jeremy's stunt dumble is now available to coach if you would like to hire him. Uh, he is – they have released and they are interviewing uh, all kinds of different players – or, excuse me, different coaches for that position. The Knicks have hired David Fisdale. Uh, so, Fisdale on his way to New York, and uh, I want to wish him the best of luck up there. He has got a mess on his hands. Um Seems like every time they get a coach, that's what they say. Yeah. The Knicks. Yeah. The Knicks. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God! What a what a disaster up there they've got going on. If you're a Knicks fan, you know what? I hate to say it, Tr. You're going to hate me for this, but I think the Knicks need to just trust a process or something. Jesus God, they are uh, a mess up there. <laughs> well, I'm I, I I I love. I, I I jot notes here and there, and I of course I never bring them when I'm when I'm doing the show. But it, it's it's either eleven or thirteen coaches uh, have been through New York. Um, you yeah, know, just trying it was like to, the Browns trying to fix trying to stop the bleeding. Fizz was everywhere today uh, uh, on ESPN, and you know he's just such a likable guy, uh, and he was he really is. I like it. I like his humility. He 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 said, you know, he's like, wow, man. You know, he talks like Tony Tony Loke. He's like, I'm just sitting there. I'm just a hooper, you know, in a a press conference in Madison Square Garden to say I'm going to coach the Knicks in the Big Apple. And the next day, I'm throwing out first pitch at the Yankee Stadium, and it's like, man, it's, it ain't sunk in yet. You know what I mean? So he's like a. <laughs> oh. Oh, David. Oh, it's going to sink in, my friend. You just wait until you go on a losing streak. It's going to sink in all right. It's going to sink in about six inches deep into the back of your spine when they're trying to crucify you and run you out of town. Yeah, enjoy it now. That's did all you I'll tell unless, you. Did you see where Enos Canner uh, tried to get LeBron after, you know, he called him a uh, was it the Queen or earlier in the year? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now he's trying to. Now he's trying to recruit him. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say unless, uh, in wrestling terms, they've been kayfabing us all year, and secretly since LeBron and Fizdale are like tighter than tight, so yeah. if Fizz got that job, and Cle and LeBron. Uh, has been, you know, like playing with us the whole year and has been in cahoots with Kawhi, and those two somehow magically end up next to Porzingis, who we don't know his health status yet, but that that big three could be a force to be reckoned with in the Big Apple. But, I mean, that's just speculation from from a wounded animal George. who just saw his team lose. Yeah, or all George of the above. make the venture. Well, here's the thing. I'm looking at the Knicks roster. They've got, boy, this is a this is a collection of dudes. Let me tell you, uh, Ron Baker. If anybody remembers Ron Baker, Wichita State. Uh, Ron Baker. Yeah, that guy. I remember him there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike Michael Beasley. Um, he's one marijuana joint Eesh. away from being out of the league. 
And what's um, a shame is that he he can play when motivated, but he he's never motivated. He had some good yeah. games this year. Yeah, he did. but like you said, the inconsistency. Yeah. Trey Burke, uh, the Burke that Utah didn't want, Trey Burke. Uh, Damian Dotson, who I honestly, that's the first time I've ever seen that man. Tim Hardaway Jr., he's, to me, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a decent piece. Um, I'd keep him around. Isaiah Good Hicks. Bench player. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jarrett Jack, the pride of Georgia Tech. The thinnest yeah. mustache in the game today, Jarrett Jack. Um, Ennis Cantor. I like uh, him. Luke. Yeah, I like Cantor. Um, Cantor's such – he gives up so much on defense, but, man, he's such a good offensive player. Uh, Luke and Cornette, he's an asshole. He is an asshole. Every team I like, a good I like. I like every team having a, a jerk. Courtney Lee, good three-point shooter. Emmanuel Moutier, uh, disappointing. Joachim Noah, who's on an inflated contract. I'm sure the Wolves will make a move for him. Tom Thibodeau. Um Frank French Nitalini or Nitalini. Um that waste of a draft pick. They could have oh. had Dennis Smith, but what what do I know? Um Kylo Quinn, Lance Thomas, Troy Williams, and Chris Stapps Porzingis. That's the Knicks roster. So good luck, Fizdale. Best of luck to you, pal. Well the thing is if they start losing they're gonna call for it, and that's not really fair. They should at least give him some time. Absolutely, they should give them. Uh, the New York market is known for for not giving anybody time. Like they're at oh, the point now where they're about to they're about to go into the nosebleeds and hire Whoopi Goldberg uh, to come down and coach oh, the team. God. I hope Eddie not. reference in we... case anybody. <laughs> yeah, you ever seen that I movie, guess it, Eddie? That that went over my head. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the View. Okay. <laughs> the movie Eddie, in case anybody hasn't seen that. But uh, any more thoughts on the Knicks, guys? I got a couple more articles here I want to mention to you. A couple more things. Nothing really. Yeah. All right. Uh, looks like the Bucks are interviewing anybody and everybody about their vacant coaching position, which, honestly, that's the sexy position to take with all the great talent they have there. They just really need a coach to put it together. Um, they're interviewing... They got a building. Yeah, and they've got so many... they got so much talent there. Um, it's just insane how much they have and how many people they're really interviewing. Um, let me see here. I'm trying to find exactly where I saw it. Um, of course, A.J. Wojnarowski, the guy that I follow. Uh, they interview Becky Hammond, um, the, could be the first female head coach. Uh, she's an assistant for the Spurs. Um, they have interviewed San Antonio assistant Ator Messina, former coach Steve Clifford, Monty Williams, among others. So they're really getting around and trying to find the right coach for this team as they feel like they should be better than what they are. Of, of who you just read, I, I'd say Monty Williams and uh, um, Becky. Bless her little heart. I think she'd be better in craft services, but that's just me. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I can't have this show be totally serious. God. No, not you. Not you. Um, uh, 
James Borrego is a finalizing the deal. He's a, a Spurs assistant. He's going to become the Charlotte Hornets' next coach. Uh, so Charlotte has gotten rid of Steve Clifford, and you know Charlotte's a team that's always got potential, and they got Kimba Walker, but they never can quite put the pieces together to make it work. Um, so who knows where that's going to go? Um, but yeah, right now Stan Van Gundy and the Pistons was the big one. Steve Clifford's interviewing for the Bucks job. Oh, here's some more. For the rest of the week for the Bucks, um, David Blatt and Mike Budenholzer also set to be interviewed for the Bucks job. So there's quite David a few Blatt. names popping he, up. He used to coach the Cavs, is that correct? It, yes, he did. And before LeBron uh, decided he didn't like David Blatt anymore. Right. I, mean, I think he went over to Turkey to coach for a little while. Yeah, I think he did. Uh, but he's being yeah. interviewed. Okay. He's being interviewed now, so uh, – so who knows? Who knows who could end up in Milwaukee? And I, I think Milwaukee is one of the great disappointments in the NBA this year. And I really hope they, um, I hope they can turn it around because they got some players on that team. They should be so much better than what they are, in my opinion. But uh, head coaching changes are happening everywhere. There's even talk that Dwayne Casey may get fired. And I, I just don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah, they ran into they ran into LeBron for God's sake in the in the West in the Eastern Conference Finals. I just don't see them getting rid of Dwayne Casey so quick and making a snap decision like that. I don't think anybody's going right? to beat that Cavs team. What is it? Did he win Coach of the Year? Uh, rumor is he's going to win Coach of the Year. Um, I really thought. I mean, I know you guys said Stevens, but I really thought Popovich should get some consideration too. He might have. But with that team, he didn't really have anybody this year. They still was able to make the playoffs, I thought. You know, well, even in that season, to give it to him where he's been there forever, too. But, I mean, yeah. Well, T.R. and I both both threw out uh, Quinn Snyder as, from the Jazz oh, yeah. as yeah, our coach of the year. Too. I think Terry yeah. Stotts should have got a if, – if the – if the Blazers make a better showing in the playoffs, I think Terry Stotts would have gotten more consideration for what they do in Portland. But they get swept by the sixth seed, so you know that kind of throws that out the window. Um, not a lot of people giving some praise to, um, I believe Alvin Gentry's the coach down in. Uh, see the coach down in New Orleans, Tr. I believe he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they did some work this season. That Anthony Davis looked like a superstar. He got some greatness out of Rondo there. So I mean, there's a lot of coaches you could give it to. Um, but I, I think. I'm glad. I, I'm sorry to interrupt because I'll forget. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I'm so glad you brought up uh, uh, Alvin Gentry because it, it brought my brain to the to the most perverted, uh, not not in a traditional way, but like a uh, a guilty pleasure. That'd be better to describe it for me. Was watching these two mental patients, Rondo and Draymond Green, in each other's face like constantly. I could I could watch those guys play against each other every game every year just because they're both possible OJ or Ray Carruth types, and they're just on, on the court just yapping in each other's face, and their crazy eyes are going every which way but loose. And it was just such an entertaining. Uh, uh, I, I, it's usually you know you had the bad boys and you had you know, rivalries and, and rough and tough players. But those two dudes are batshit crazy. And that that may have been a first for me to see. So I was 
I, I was more, you know, Durant uh, putting up a shot with his big ass, and he's got to be seven foot. They list him at six nine still. Uh, Anthony Davis, you know, full extension in his face, and Durant's making, you know, jumpers over that, which is just mind-boggling. Uh, you know, that was a beautiful basketball between those two, but uh, I'm sidetracked by Draymond and Rondo just because they're nuts. But anyway, continue about the coaches. I'm sorry. Well, one thing I'll ask you since you brought it up, you're in a back alley, and, I, and you're about to get into a big brawl. You got one guy that's got your back, Draymond or Rondo. Who are you taking to have your back? <laughs> wow. Uh You know, I think Rondo's crazier in in a fight way. Um, Draymond would kick in the balls and then just try to run and yap, I think. But uh, I think I'd take Rondo if it's life or death. Yeah, Yeah, I'd take take Rondo as well. Rondo would be packing heat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If we're allowed for that, I'm taking Gilbert Arenas. I know he's got heat for sure. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more little news item here, and um, I'll mention it. Timberwolves assistant Rick Brunson. We bring this up because during oh, our college basketball run, we talked about um, we talked about his son who played for UConn, and TR made some comments about uh, his wife, Rick Brunson's wife, of being very attractive. Uh, Rick Brunson has resigned from the Timberwolves. Uh, due to misconduct with women. Uh, According to Yahoo, he has resigned, and the team announced it. Um, There were multiple reports surfaced that Brunson's departure happened in wake of an investigation into improper conduct towards women. Uh, Timberwolves reportedly spoke to multiple women accusing him and figuring out. uh, The women alleged that Brunson made several unwanted passes at them, to, during Houston Rockets home games, and that he was one of them was a media member. Uh, so Mr. Brunson has left the Wolves organization. And I only bring that up. Normally, I don't like to get into that kind of stuff, um, but because of our history here with the Brunson family, I wanted to get Tr's take on that. And thanks to uh, our Canuck buddy up north, Tim Dombrova, host of the Tim and Tom Show and Wide Men Can't Score here on the Wide Men Network um, for sending me that article and letting me get caught up on that. Thank you, Tim. You're the man, you crazy Canadian bastard. All right. Uh, what do you think, TR? I think Mama Brunson's going to get a phone call pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> what's that? What's that? I'm not familiar with the kids' music, and I hate that guy, Drake, but it's something like, call you on your cell phone. Oh, my some, God. Some, some shit like that. <laughs> or you used to call oh, me on my cell phone. I don't know what the damn song is. But, uh, no, I say that in gist. Um, I'm very wary of all these claims because it's the in thing to do. Uh, and don't get me wrong. Um, you know, there are victims in this world because, you know, you can twist anybody's words. But, you know, a, a lot, a lot are, are are jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, Brunson was a Temple guy, and uh, Jalen, his son, Villanova, obviously. Uh, I saw a screenshot of his mother or a live pic or what have you, and uh, she was very attractive in my opinion, very put together for a uh, woman in my age range. 
I had to make that uh, comment, just an observation. But in a way, I'm a, a sexual harasser, I guess, just for noticing her attractiveness uh, in this day and age, which is, uh, you know, really stupid in my opinion. However, uh, you know, we don't know the story, so I shouldn't automatically take Rick Brunson's side. But it could have been as innocent as, uh, you look nice today, and all of a sudden he's getting resigning and his whole life's changing. So I guess I, guess I should wait on any kind of uh, commentary until more is out. But anyway, Mrs. Brunson, if you're leaving, I'm available. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. And, again, I'm not taking sides on this, and I'm not going to say who was in the right or who was in the wrong. But I will say if you're a married man and you're making advances at women, eh, you got to be careful, man. Just got to be careful. Um, that, and I'm going to leave it at that. Um, not saying he was right or he was wrong or judging anyone, but just watch, you know, watch what you're doing out there, kids. Um, so, anyway, back to Back to back to hoops. Now that we've got that awkward moment out of the way, um, what do we, that's Tim and Tom kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely Tim and Tom kind of stuff. Uh, oh, I wanted to go ahead and, and put this out there. If you're listening now, um, this is kind of a personal announcement, um, but it, I have found out that I am having a little baby boy. So. Just wanted to let the listeners know that my, we found out the other day, uh, Autumn is uh, 15 or 16 weeks pregnant now, and it is going to be a little boy. So we know that. Congratulations. Thank you. Now I don't I have to go all protective dad. Nathan, you should name it Flip or Flip Saunders. <laughs> ah. I love Flip. Uh, we have actually talked about a name, and I think we may have a uh, a name for the little boy. Uh, we have decided so far. Now, again, this could change, but the name that we've both settled on and we've told our families, you know, this is where we're leaning, is Cade Bush, K-A-D-E. Um, and he'll have uh, maybe Cade Michael Earl Bush. That's the name we're going with. So... Right now, that's Not where bad. we're going. So, no, no. Um, Michael after her dad, uh, his middle name, and Earl after my father, who passed away a few years ago. Um, so we're going, looking like we're going to go with um, that. Might be the name. So um, yeah, uh, having a little boy. So uh, I just wanted to inform the listeners. I like, you know, I don't go too personal and often, but uh, yeah, having a little boy. So thanks to anybody who sent me a. Well wishes and congratulations. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Um, and I know a lot of uh, we've got we still got a while to go. It's not due to October, but uh, yeah, we do know we're having a boy. So I wanted to share that with our listeners and let them know. So thank you, guys. But uh, anyway, moving off from my personal life, um, Jeff, you called us tonight. Would you just want to talk the games, or do you have something else in mind as well? Bigger will throw uh, it to I just, you. I just was. Uh... Checking in on TR, really. I just want to see how he's doing. I know you said, uh. <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Fuck, uh, fuck the Sixers. My life's a mess right now, Jeff. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just. I, I, I still kind of think that, uh, it's the Warriors to lose. I mean, uh, I kind of think. I, I really want to take the Warriors, but 
There's just something about the Rockets that I, I just think they might have. They, there's a, they have a really good chance of beating. Now, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to take the Warriors, but I would not be surprised to see the Rockets in the finals. But I'm going to stick with the Warriors until anybody proves otherwise. And then I, I got the Warriors beat the Cavs in five games again. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, it, I, I have the, be, I have the Warriors probably, beating the Cavs. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It would probably it would probably probably be good for basketball if the Rockets beat the Warriors. Um, yes. yes. If we're talking about long term, because you know uh, the Warriors somehow, to use wrestling terms, went from a baby face to a heel. To where, you know, when Mark Jackson was in his transitional season to Steve Kerr, and Steph Curry was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and that Oracle Arena vibe, and the, the, the two Splash Brothers are just new to the scene, and the game's changing. Even if they weren't your home team, if your home team was out, you wanted the Warriors. And then all of a sudden, four years later now, it's kind of like, all right, you've had your uh, your championship celebrations. Let's let's get some let's shake it up a little bit, you know. Um, so it, it, yeah, and of course, without injury and with all their uh, what they do to keep their squad together and what have you, they'll be a contender again next year for sure. So it, it would just make things a lot more interesting, but. That said, I don't know. They're they're still pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, we can all agree that these four teams, providing next season that these rosters remain the same, and I think they will for the most part, other than the Cavs, um, these are the four teams that, that everybody could have probably circled at the beginning of the year. Um, and said, yeah, this is probably going to be who we're looking at at the end. Um, except for me and TR, we thought the Spurs were going to be there, but we didn't know Kawhi would, would not play. Um, but who knows? Um, so this is going to be an interesting ser- an interesting couple of series. They don't kick off. They're both um, starting later in the week, and they're only doing, I think, weekend games for the most part as we narrow it down here to try to stretch it out. So uh, – Normally doing one game a night, so going to calm down a little bit in the NBA world, and now we're going to be able to start looking into uh, not only the draft coming up, but other things as well, like coaching, firings, and hirings, and possible talks about free agency. Uh, Jamal Crawford has opted out of his contract with the Wolves, so I don't know what's happening up there. Something's going to happen, but we'll see on that end. Um, uh, One more thing before we move on. We want to thank our sponsors at the Law Offices of Stephen P. New. Mr. New, um, if you read the show description, was supposed to join us tonight. He got tied up again. Busy man, I know. He's supposed to join us in the near future. Um, He told me tonight he apologized. Uh, Right as we went on air, he couldn't make it. He has to be up incredibly early in the morning. But uh, he says he will join us soon, hopefully within the next week or two. So, but check out newlawoffice.com. Hit them up for your free consultation. The law offices of Stephen P. New. So check them out. 
uh, New Law Office is our great sponsor. And thanks to Steve New and everybody at NewLawOffice.com for uh, being with us. All right. I'm, at, um, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna hit him up. Um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm wondering about the statute of limitations and, and so forth about something that uh, refers to somebody I know, and I I know at worst yeah. case scenario he'll give me the best advice. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's a great up. guy, and I I recommend him to everybody. He's our sponsor. He loves basketball. Um, and, you know, he's just a great guy. So hit him up, newlawoffice.com. All right. Well, right. the East, East and West Conference Finals are set now, much to Mr. T.R. Shock's chagrin. Um, hey, Jeff, let me throw something at you here. Okay. We've already predicted our winners. Um, you you did earlier as well. You said the uh, Warriors in five over Cleveland. Right. All right. Um, who do you think that is going to make the biggest impact in the Rockets Warriors series? I'm right now, in my opinion, Clint Capella is the guy to watch in that series. But Tr, you can answer this as well. We kind of talked about it with Kelly. Who do you guys think is going to be the guy in that series that's going to make the biggest impact? Because I know the stars are going to get theirs. Other than Harden, Paul, Durant, Thompson, and Steph. Who's going to be the guy that's going to have to step up and make the play? I think Capella's going to be the guy to watch. But uh, who you guys got? Um, well, I think um, I think who is going to have to really step up for Houston to have a good to move on is Eric Gordon. I think uh, other night he only scored five points or whatever. When Paul scored forty-one and Harden would have got his, I guess. But he's going to have to score more than that for them to have a chance to go to the finals. That's all there is to it. And uh, I, I think Capella will continue his uh, play. That he's, I mean, he's been playing awesome. Uh, but uh, I think Eric Gordon's going to have. He's. I think he's going to be make or break. Really, if he does well, that the, the one, you know, they can win some games. If not, then, um, you know, the Warriors are going to go on the other side of it. Uh, uh, again, I think the Boston's bench is going to have to outplay uh, the Cavs and um, to have a to have a legit shot. Uh, I think you know there's a reason Cleveland's the favorite. And what was the? I think they played three times this year. Who who won those games? Did Cleveland win uh, two out of three? Maybe. I'm not, mm, sure. I'm not sure. I'd have to look. Uh, I, I don't know if I really got time. I don't know it either. And of course, I think Clay Thompson. I don't know off the top of my head. But the Warriors will have to be a difference maker, uh, and usually he is. He, he they win when he does well. So, uh, but I, I really think Eric Gordon's going to have to step up for Houston for them to have the legit shot to make it to the finals. If he does, I think they might be able to win uh, get to the finals. But uh, you know. I, I'd probably go with Eric Gordon as well. Um, but truthfully, in Houston's case, I don't think we should omit the top two because even though they are the stars, they've never been here before. Neither, I mean, That's true. Harden, that Harden true. has. Harden has, but they've never succeeded here, put it that way. Um, 
So I'm looking at those two first to see if they play like they can play. And and that's just not one game. That's like, you know, the whole series. Um, and as far as the damn Warriors, it's like they're so good with, with who the rotation they play. I mean, there's really no – I mean, what are you going to say? Nick Young might go off for 21 game or something. That's only if somebody's hurt. Um, you know, the Warriors are just – those top seven guys are just kind of yeah. – you know they they are what they are. I mean, Clay's a Clay's a good example because they always talk about Steph and Durant first, and they talk about Draymond's triple doubles and his uh, you know impact and all his craziness. But I, I guess Clay's a Clay's a good uh, a good pick for that side because you know what did he do that one game? Thirty seven and one quarter or something preposterous. He has that potential to just go off whenever they need him to. Uh, what's surprising is how, how humble he is uh, as well to just be a part of a machine when he could go elsewhere and pretty much be the number one guy in, I don't know, 25 of the markets, the rest of the markets in the NBA, which is, you know, there's no I in team, I guess, as they say in his world. So kudos to him. I think well, Jeff, we got a few minutes. A, I think they'll have to have a, Go ahead, I'm sorry. some of those like their big four, their big four, or whatever. Want somebody? Well, I tell you what, not necessarily Green, but like for the Houston to have a good chance, Durant, Curry, or Clay, one of the three is going to have to have a down game. Like uh, a lot of the times, they're going to have to every game do something to hold one of them in check. You have to have a chance. And uh, yeah, every game they're going to have to have a down game. At least one of them will have to be off. Right. Right. Uh, and that hardly ever happens, but it's going to have to. The Houston have success, or we have to have. I mean, we have to play a perfect series, you know, to beat these guys. For, and the good for, thing for uh, them, they will have home court advantage. So. Yeah, um, and that's that's what, that's what. What what was that, buddy? It's hard to win in Houston. Only one team's done oh, it this right. uh, off season on this postseason. They've only done it one time, so it's it's hard to win down there. What what sucked for me about the uh, extra salt in the wound about the Sixers' loss and uh, Christ, they still had to win two more full games after tonight. So I was I was drinking the Kool Aid a little bit anyway. But in the event they won that series, they had home court versus the Cavs, which would have been very nice. But anyway, I'm talking about somebody that's not playing, which is pretty stupid to do right now. Um, well, I thought. And honestly, T.R., I think the Cavs are probably a lot happier that they're playing the Celtics instead of the Sixers because I think the Cavs don't match up as well against the Sixers right. as they do the Celtics. Right, I, I, my I agree with that. Um, well, Jeff, actually, if let me go real, ahead, go ahead, real quick before you, before you say something, Jeff, a fairy tale, uh, you know, of the four remaining, you know, I just, I just sung the praises of, of the Celtics and I actually picked them to beat the Cavs on on the record. But as far as rooting interest, as far as – and I never thought this would be the case, um, what, you know, considering the decision when he went to Miami. and this, uh, You know, I was always a fan of LeBron's talent but never rooted for him. I think I'm actually going to root for LeBron James to somehow, you know, with all the adversity, go through 
Boston and the winner of the consensus two best teams in the NBA. And that would really put a cherry on top. Anything he did from his career from that point forward, if he put this team on his back and, and, and won this year's championship and beat everybody healthy, I think I'm going to root him on because I have no rooting interest really any more than just my prediction on this show, but I've been wrong before, so who cares? So I say the Warriors over, I mean, the yeah, the Warriors over the Celtics in the finals, but just while I'm sitting home watching TV, uh, I'm, I'm going to cheer on LeBron James. Well, it's going to be interesting uh, to watch. I know that much. Jeff, I wanted to ask you, you have thrown some trivia at us over the weeks. You got anything in your hip pocket? Because, you know, I like to see how smart T-I-N-R-R, T-R and I, I do. I have, are. You know, I was, there's been uh, three teams, uh, Nathan, that okay. have been down 3-0, kind of like the Sixers was in their scenario. And I was hoping the Sixers would be the fourth team to do this, but there's been three t- teams that's been down 3-0 to actually come back and tie it at three, but all three teams end up losing game seven in the basketball. You know, there's been a few in baseball and hockey come back from 3-0. We know the Red Sox and then Philly, the Flyers did a few years ago in hockey. But um, do you all know any of the three? Um, Can you give give us a a time frame? Okay, well, um, two of of them's happened since you all have been alive. Okay. (laughs) Well, since I've been alive, you mean. Well, yeah. Well, Nathan, since you've been alive, I don't know how old you are, is, but I know I think I'm forty. Forty-eight. So, well, well definitely. Uh, okay. Um, let me think on that. And I really was hoping the Sixers would be, and actually, I was hoping the Sixers would come back and win the series. And we we talked about it last week how they were going to at least have to win a game, like game two or game five at Boston, but it just yeah, it just didn't happen. But they was they was right yeah. there though. Tied up the game and then lost game seven. Uh, da, 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 da. Down three. Oh, lost game seven. I am really mm. sucky. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm go- you got to guess, oh, though. I'm going to guess that. Uh, I'm going to throw. The Boston Celtics in there against. Mm. I'm probably already wrong, so yeah. uh, that's that's one of mine, and it's it's wrong. Uh, New York Knicks, I think. I don't know why that popped in my head. Did the New York Knicks come back? Actually, the uh, the Knicks were up three zero in one of the. It was 1951. The Rochester Royals. They. Uh, they came back to the Knicks, but the other two's been uh, um, happened in nineteen ninety four and two thousand three. Two thousand three and ninety four. Okay, oh, let me think on this. Hey, you should get two thousand three. You know those two thousand years. I won't. Like the back I won't. I know I won't though. Uh, I didn't follow it that close. I was thirteen years old. I had other things to do, like I don't know, <laughs> like eighth grade. <laughs> Uh, uh, we watched the clash of the uh, champions. 
Nah, 03 was the WWE, man. Get the F out was the, the catchphrase. Lesnar won the Rumble that year and fought Angle at Mania. Uh, I can rattle that off, but I can't remember this. Hold on. Uh, 03. I got one, more, I got one more guess if you can't think of nothing. Go ahead, TR. I'm trying here. Pacers. Now, uh, give you another hint that both teams are from the West. Okay, both are from the West. Okay. I am out of this. I have no idea. Um, oh, 03. Okay. Right, hold on. I'm running through this. Oh, 03. All right. Melo hadn't been drafted yet, so it wouldn't have been the Nuggets. Uh, all right. The Sonics sucked. The Wolves were good, but they never got out of the first round uh, until the next year. Uh, I'm going to take a stab in the dark on this one, and I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Incorrect. Wrong. Okay. Yeah. Well, hell. All right. Who was it? Ni- 1994, uh, the first round. I'm just throwing this in there just for the Denver Nuggets were down 2-0 to the Denver 8 seed. And the, they were down 2-0 to the number one seed, Sonic, Sean Kemp. And, and they Kemp. won it. And they came back and won. Yeah, they did. Well, then, well, the next series, they played the Jazz. Malone and then was the fourth seed. And uh, they got down 3-0 against them. And they got, you know, they tied it at three, but they lost in Utah, game seven. So Denver Nuggets was one with the Kim Bay Matumbo and that team. The 1994 okay. And then in 2003, the Portland Trailblazers were down 3-0 to the Mavs. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they were. I remember it now. They tied it at three, and the Mavs won game seven. But, uh, like I said, I was hoping the Sixers could do that. And they, I really, they really had a good shot. If they win tonight, I think it does go to seven games. I really do. Yeah, one would think coming home, but yeah. we didn't do it. Uh, so I think collectively, Nate, we are O for everything that Jeff's given us. <laughs> that sounds like uh, us. We're one thing though. Uh, that one thing that we kind of created a trivia question um, in the event that those rumors might be true about Dwayne Casey. Would that be the first time ever in history that a coach of the year got fired? Hmm. I know it's happened in baseball. Hold on just a second. I know Davey Johnson got fired in baseball one year, and he won Coach of the Year. Wow. I I didn't remember. That's from the Mets. Orioles then. He was with the Orioles. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Or manager of the year. Mm. Let me look here. I'm going to see if I can find this. Uh, I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. By the way, but just just in the event that it would have. Well, actually, here's an interesting thing. Uh, according to Reddit, the entire 2000, where coaches kept getting fired or left one to three years after winning Coach of the Year, it was called the Coach of the Year Curse. Dun, Mike Dunleavy won at 99, was fired in 01. 
Doc Rivers in 2000 fired in 03. Larry Brown, 01, fired in 03. Uh, or Carlis, I guess it's PJ Carlissimo, 02, fired in 03. Pavovich is still there. Hubie Brown retired in 05 after winning it in Coach 4, or in 04. Uh, Dan Tony in 05 and went to the Knicks in 08. Avery Johnson in 06, fired in 08. Sam Mitchell in 07, fired in 09. Byron Scott in 08 and fired in 09. Mike Brown in 2009, fired in 2010. So there you go. Looks like uh, Mike Brown was fired the next year. Um, looks like Hugh, well, Huey retired, so I won't say that. Uh, Carlissimo was fired in 03. So at least, I don't think a guy's won coach of the year and then came back the next season or not been brought back the next season. I don't think that's ever happened. But, you know, that that's some staggering evidence right there, the coach of the year curse back in the 2000s. Interesting. It is. It is. I, but I, I, go, go are ahead. we closing closing up shop? Uh, I'm rambling about Toronto. Go ahead, make your I, point. I would, no, go I ahead, would go think ahead. that. Uh, I would think that more so than than changing the coach, they might look to maybe break that team up a little bit, and uh, I don't know. Hopefully, not not hinky it up, but but try to kind of rebuild. <laughs> And uh, you know a, res- a respectable rebuild because uh, right. wide men, wide men can't jump. Where hinky is now a verb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> TR yeah, exactly. just said on TV that the Sixers were going to have twenty-five million in cap space next year. Uh, huh? It's pretty good. Even I mean, because we, you know, you think you'll sign Reddick back? For for a lot less, yeah. He, uh, Colangelo. He's not getting JJ, that contract this year. I don't know if y'all are familiar. I, I think I'm sure I told you at some point. Nate JJ has his own podcast, and he yeah. had uh, Colangelo on, and they discussed literally how the deal came down. He and his wife wanted to be uh, somewhere for the kids. Uh, I think he has two kids. For three years minimum, and um, Colangelo kind of dangled the carrot to just sign for one year, but we'll quote-unquote work it out. And uh, J.J. Redick had aspirations to be involved in in coaching and other um, positions in the NBA in the future. So he dangled that carrot unofficially to him to where maybe it's more of a – long-term deal than one would think and what and what it appears i mean he 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 played great for us but i mean he stole 23 million i mean geez he's you know he's a good player but he's not a 23 million dollar player for sure but um i think maybe next year 12 or 13 or something to make some room for other people and that would be good to do yeah that would be good yeah. if they can get him back and, uh, then yeah, you know, they just they just got to work on finishing quarters too. Hey, you know, like that half today, at the half today was nineteen to six run, and then at the end of the game, uh, they'll get it together. Or yeah, you know, and, you know yeah, it, it, so. every team it, it happens with. The, I know we we kind of repetitive here, but every team goes through it. You know, every good team does. You know, so they'll overcome. And even the Celtics, depending on what LeBron does, they'll be the probably top two teams. 
good chance for the next few years for a while. Yeah. For Very sure. true. But I want to take a second and remind everybody this is Wide Men Can't Jump. And, gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and send her home. We're about 10 minutes over time here. Uh, Jeff, thanks for calling in, being part of the show again. Really appreciate it. Glad you could jump on and make us look stupid like you do every week, which is great. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should. I thought that would have been a, a easier one, but uh, maybe I'll. Uh, Is there an NBA for Dummies trivia book that you can look up? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll try to condense it down a little bit next time. And give you, give you, give you guys a shot, okay. anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you for coming on, and we want to thank Kelly Scaletta from BleacherReport.com for jumping on with us and. Uh, giving us all the insights that we could ask for and more. Kelly was a great guest, and thanks for having him back on again. Uh, big shout-out to the law offices of Stephen P. New to Make Up by Kennedy and WowFreeCam.com. Thank them. They're our sponsors. Check them out, guys. It's NewLawOffice.com, Facebook.com slash MakeUpKennedy, and WowFreeCam.com. Thanks to Down and Round 3 for our intro and outro song, Something in the Water, off there. EP sideline. You can find that on iTunes and anywhere you find music that's on their Bandcamp as well. You can find us at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. We're also available on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, and we're also available over on the All Pro Nation Network, allpronation.com, all Pro Nation Radio Network. So check them out. Big shout out to our guys over there at APN for hooking us up with all of you listeners that are listening over there. Thank you guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash wide men can't jump. Twitter, twitter.com slash, and you can go uh, look us up at wide jump. We're on Instagram. That is instagram.com slash wide men can't jump. We're anywhere and everywhere. Follow TR Shock. He is at TR Shock on Twitter. I'm at MMITM Nathan. If you're bored, well, go read my fights with Baron Corbin. They're kind of fun. Uh, you can <laughs> check us out anywhere and everywhere that you find podcasts and look us up. We got big stuff coming your way here this summer now that I'm officially out of school for now. We're going to have all kinds of stuff coming your way and some really neat stuff that I'm hoping we can get working here soon. Big stuff coming your way. Um, TR, anything you want to add to that, my friend? Uh, just real quick, uh, follow at wide jump. If if you have a choice to follow me at TR shock, I already got a couple thousand followers, uh, follow at wide jump. So you can get both me and Nate at the same time and get the show numbers up because, uh, you know, we, we basically make the same points about hoops. If you're a hoops person or what have you uh that's about it i think uh sixers yeah sixers real quick i reluctantly admit great season thank you for the excitement um i'll be happier tomorrow when i when i reflect that's about it for me dummy dummy yeah yeah I mean, oh, God, wrong, no. Um, who did that? Get out of here. <laughs> Smile, Tiara. I love you. <laughs> uh, hey, they made it farther than my wolves. I'm sorry, yeah. man. I couldn't resist. I had to. <laughs> That's fine. Come on. I didn't say I love you back. So I, I, I love you, you back. Uh, plus, next week, uh, real quick, next week, uh, 
Nate will be doing uh, some family stuff and some R and R. So uh, yeah, it'll... me and uh, I will be out of the country next week. So uh, I will be on a. I'll admit it. I'm on vacation. I don't get a vacation very often, and with a little baby boy coming, I'm not going to have a vacation for a long time. So me and the missus are taking a trip. So next week I will be incognito on the show, but don't worry, never fear. Tim and Tom will be here. They will be handling the reins while I'm gone, and I'll be back the week after that, and we'll have some good times and some good stories. Um, Check out Tim and Tom's show, Wide Men Can't Score. Uh, Sunday Night Roundtable, and this is our flagship show. This is Wide Men Can't Jump. This is episode 27. Uh, I believe that's everything. Check out our sponsors. Check us out online. TR, take us home. Thanks, Jeff, for calling. Peace.